We're glad to be sharing the ministry of Tabernacle of Praise with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. God, you are holy. Hallelujah. You are holy. Holy is the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We lift you up because of your grace. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless Bless his Bless his Praise God. I am so thankful that I'm independent today. I'm so thankful that I'm independent. I'm not dependent on alcohol anymore. I'm not dependent on drugs anymore. I'm not dependent on illicit living anymore. I'm not dependent on the things of this world anymore. He has made me free. He has made me independent. And I'm thankful today. I serve a God that allows me to just be dependent on Him. Oh, what an independence. What a freedom to depend on Him. Hallelujah. We love you today, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Bless your name today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. God bless you this morning. Please be seated as Jason is coming to give us a word of encouragement. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. That's what I'm talking about. Give God the highest praise. I'm not going to be before y'all long. I just, uh, it's just good to see everybody. Welcome to our guests. Welcome to family. I've missed y'all. I love y'all. Um, just want to share a few things that God's just been dealing with me on. Um, he's been showing me the importance of how connected we all are. Not just outside, not just here on Sundays, but how much everybody's life is connected with mine and my family's and how much we've been praying with y'all. And so through that, um, God's just given me a couple things just to encourage y'all on. For one, to remember the season that we're in, because this is our double up season. It's more than just trying to bounce back from a pandemic. It's more than just trying to get things to get back to the way that they were. Because to be honest with you, the way that they were before, we were looking for improvement. So it's not about trying to go back, but it's about moving forward with God. And so he's given me a couple of things, and I'm just going to pray, pray, uh, pray real quick. But one of the things that he gave me was understanding. How important it is in Ephesians chapter 4. This is Paul saying, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling for which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is above all and through all, and in 
you all. Church, I want us to understand that where God has taken us with this new level and where he's taken with us in this season, we're all going to have to make it together. It's not going to be something where I can do it and I can just sit on the sideline or I can just coast. He's causing us and calling us to come to action. He's causing us to be able to pray for one another. He's calling us to reach out to one another. That's why I implore y'all, it's important for us to be together even on Wednesdays. But it's more than just church. If you only get in church on Sunday, it's not enough. If you only get in church just on Wednesday, it's not enough. We're not growing where God would have us to grow at the, at the pace that he has. And so my encouragement, like I said, and, I'm, and I wanted to say something to you. Let me see that real quick. Thank you, sir. Just a few thoughts and a few things that I want y'all to remember. No failure can stop God's destiny in your life. Only we can, if we abandon it. Remember that when God begins something, it's already finished. God begins with the end first. God did not begin you or me until we were already finished. Our future is God's past. Our destiny is established and already finished. You were born to begin your end. The fact that you exist is proof that there is something that has already ended that you were born to start. God is still committed to our destiny. Are we? Your destiny can be established, but it's not guaranteed unless we walk in it. Church, this is our double up season. It's more than just trying to get back and we're not coasting anymore. And the great thing is, is that we're growing together. The worship that I see what, that we do, not just with the praise team, and thank y'all so much for everything that y'all do. It's, it's more, you can see it in our lives, in our children's lives. So let's start sharing with each other. Let's start sharing the testimony. Let's start sharing the, even the small things. Because just like a million or a hundred piece puzzle, those small pieces all make a great picture. And we are all part of it. You are a result looking for somewhere to happen. And so as I close, I want y'all to remember, let me see, I want you to grab your word because this week I got it. This week, as y'all are reading, I want y'all to, to repeat this. Everybody grab your word and hold, hold it up. Your phone, Bible, whatever it is. And repeat after me. Say, Lord, release the revelation of your word in me, on me, through me, to me right now in Jesus' name so that I may be everything, everything, everything you want me to be in Jesus' name. Now declare it with a loud voice. Y'all ready? The curse is broken. My drought is over. My future my future, my future is bright in Jesus' name. Y'all be blessed. Thank you, brother. We need to get more used to the fact that it's not just the preacher. It's not just the pastor. It's not just a Sunday school teacher. It's not that can exhort and lead us and guide us. Every one of us has word that what Jason was just talking about, getting hold of our word. 
getting a hold of our word. You know, the worst thing you can do if you're in a gunfight is to slip and let your gun fall out on the ground. Guess what? Your gunfight's over. Your gunfight's over. And one of the worst things you can do is let that word slip out. We need to grasp word more than ever nowadays. We need to, to grab a hold of it and, and understand what it's about. Not just that it's the word. That's powerful. But when we understand what it's about, that's even more powerful. It's good to see everybody today on this Independence Day. Good to see Daniel and Audrey. And it's always good to see Jude. <laughs> and it's good to see Elena. It's good to have you today. So glad to see you. Matthew chapter 10. I think he's going to try to preach for me, but Independence Day. Matthew chapter 10. Let's read verses 40 through 42. He that receiveth you receiveth me. That, that, let that sink in a minute. He that receiveth you receiveth me, Jesus said. He that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. And he that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he that receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whosoever shall give to drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water only in the name of a disciple, verily I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. Independent, happy Independence Day to everybody that's here. You know, there's something about Independence Day that we all enjoy. We, we relish the opportunity to, to be on our own, to be able to accomplish things by our own means, to, be, to stand proud of our accomplishments. That's what independence is about, is standing on, as a nation, we stand on our own two feet. Let me say this, that, uh, you know, whenever God gives a blessing, it's, it's prudent that we don't misuse that blessing. It's prudent that we use that blessing according to the will of God. It's important that we realize that we don't take that blessing and take it for granted. And God blessed us with a nation. He blessed us with a nation. God blessed us with a nation. And we shouldn't misuse this nation. We should be very careful how we use this nation. This nation is important, and it's important. There's, I hear a lot of talk now, this nation's on the downside. And you know what? It's probably correct. When we look at what's going on in this country, it seems like we're coasting down the wrong way. And there's a lot of people say, I'm giving up on this nation. We're, we're done and all these things. But listen, it isn't because God gave us a bad nation. God gave us a great nation. It's that we've misused it, misabused it. And now there are those outside factions and factors that want to say, well, since it's, let's redo it. Let's, let's remodel this Constitution. Let's remodel this Declaration. Let's remodel this law. Let's change this. As a matter of fact, let's just, let's make this a, a new America. Have you heard that one? The new America? You understand what the new America is, right? It does away with what God gave us. The new America does away with what God gave us. He gave us an America for us to feel free and brief. God wants you to have freedom and independence in your life. Free from this world, free from the devil, free from your own lust. Freedom, that's what this is about. I love Independence Day. You know, the fireworks are fun. Those things are great. They're a lot of fun. And the food, man. There's going to be a lot of ribs and going to be a lot of brisket and going to be a lot of hot dogs. There's going to be all kind of things happening. Then there's going to be Jason's Grill. That's another whole story. I could preach on that for a week. It's, it's just, you know, but listen, that's important that we recognize that we be thankful that we have this nation. Thankful. None of us, if we had a wayward child, wouldn't do everything we possibly could to bring that wayward child back to where they need to be with God. Correct? Correct. 
we want to do that. Well, our nation is nothing more than a wayward child. Nothing more than a wayward child. Can we bring our wayward child back to where it... Let, let's talk about that a little, little bit. As Americans, independence means everything. I've noticed this from generation to generation, that the generation before me was, was very, very loving of America, very, very respectful of America. The generation before me had this thing about them. When, when you said America, if they were humped back, all of a sudden they got straight. If you said America, if there was a flag, there were people willing to salute. We, then I noticed in my generation that we were thankful for America, but we didn't, you know, Okay, well, I'm still a humpback. You know, America's American. We live in the land of the free and home of the brave, but it's great. But I've noticed from generation to generation to generation, it seems that we're losing this thing of the love of America. I'm, listen, I'm gonna, this is Independence Day. I'm bringing Bible into this. Don't, this is Independence Day. You understand the reason we're here is that it's God-ordained. America's God-ordained. Many times in the lives of people, God ordains in the li- things in the lives of people and because of the misuse, the ordination is still there, but the purpose seems to be relinquished. America has a purpose. You have a purpose. America has a purpose. America still has a purpose. Be thankful that you live in this. Listen, everybody that's in here right now today, you're in the top 5% of the richest people in the world. But I only make, the, forget what you make. You're in the top 5% of the richest people in the world. That's amazing. When I think, you know, I think of my little old place and I think of what little bit I have and I think, man, and I'm in the top 5%. You know what? What a blessing. What would it be like if I wasn't in that top 5%? Be happy where you are in America. You know who, what Americans I find to be the most grateful? The new ones. The ones that came from outside this great country that come from another arena of life, another country government. Yeah, man, they, they seem, once they get here and once they get that thing done and once they get that little piece of paper that says you are now a citizen of the United States, the most grateful people you'll ever find. They, they love this country. Oh, well, they didn't fight for it. You know what? They would. Listen, I'm going to tell you something about the new ones. If they had the chance to fight for it, they would. Some of us, if we had the chance to fight for it, would might walk. But it's the, it's the new. You know why is it? They're not tainted. They're not tainted. They, they're not taken for granted because they understand what it means to be outside of this country. We, we need to come back to a realization that this God-ordained country has a purpose and a mission. And let's get back on the mission. Let's get back to work because the mission started out correct. We just got off course a little bit. Did you know that it was actually July the 2nd, 1776, that America declared its independence from England. July the 2nd. It was 246 years ago in Philadelphia that the Continental Congress formally voted to separate from England, making our independence official. John Adams was one of the delegates. He was from Massachusetts. And he wrote this letter to his wife after that meeting on July the 2nd. His wife, Abigail The second day of July, 1776, will be the most memorable epoch in the history of America. He went on to predict in that letter, I am apt to believe, listen to this. This is the letter he wrote in 1776 to his wife. 
I'm apt to believe that it will be celebrated by succeeding generations as the greatest anniversary festival. It ought to be commemorated as the day of deliverance by solemn acts of devotion to God Almighty. Those that are spreading the rumors and spreading the lies that we weren't founded on God need to go back and read a little history. Oh, they don't want to do that. You know what they want to do? They want to change it. They want to change history. We don't need to be changing history. We need to look back at some of these people that gave their lives, that gave their... Have we made mistakes in America? Yes. Have we done some wrongs? Absolutely. But listen, this is the greatest country that this world has ever known because it was God-ordained. God-ordained. It ought to be commemorated because of solemn acts of a devotion to God. It ought to be solemnized with pomp and parade, with shows and gay. This is a letter in 1776. It ought to be pomp and parade, shows, games, sports, guns, bells, bonfires, and illuminations from one end of the continent to the other from this time forward. That sounds like a modern-day America, doesn't it? It is a modern-day America. The problem is modern-day America has forgotten the devotions to God Almighty. It looks like John Adams got it right about all the celebrations. We do it, right? But I think he missed the date by a couple of days. We don't celebrate our independence on July the 2nd. We celebrate it on the 4th. Why is that? Well, two days after the vote for independence, the Continental Congress actually voted to adopt the Declaration of Independence on July the 4th. And so that's why we celebrate July the 4th. It's because it's the time when we voted to adopt this declaration. What is a declaration? I declare you are the greatest looking people I've ever seen. What is that? I'm telling everybody I like what I'm saying. That's what a declaration is. This declaration is that the, these, these men and these, they stood up and said, I declare we're free. I declare we're independent. I declare, England, you are the worst that ever happened to us, and we're the best that's ever going to happen to you. Maybe that'll go out over the airwaves. And the documents laid out the arguments of why the leaders of these 13 colonies believe they should separate from England. The Declaration of Independence starts out like this. From time to time, in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands with which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them. We don't talk like this anymore. We don't speak like this anymore. And we've lost this art of declaring who we are. God entitled them to what? Then we hear these famous words. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men... All men are created equal, that they are endowed by the Creator. This is God after God after Creator after God, and the, the powers that be want to silence this. They're endowed by the Creator with certain unalienable rights, that, they're, that among these, not just these, but among these unalienable rights are life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness. And it seems like we've forgotten about life and we've forgotten about liberty we're all about the pursuit of happiness in America. We need to just go back to what our forefathers wrote and tag back on to life and liberty 
and the pursuit of happiness. How many liberties have we given up in the last 15 years? How many liberties have we given up in the last 25 years? How many liberties have we given up in the past 50 years? You only can, a person's only going to be, be doing things to you that you allow them to do. Oh, he, no, no. Listen, anytime someone, if you allow them, they're going to do it. You cannot allow them. You cannot allow them. Independence. Independence. I wish somebody would stand on the square in D.C. and rise up like this. I'm not talking about a demonstration. I'm, not, I'm talking about an individual that says, listen, this is what we were founded on. Not only after this prologue, but, but what really sets this declaration apart from any declaration prior to this time in the world was this. They also laid out an argument against the king. It charges the king in line after line after line with negligence against the people. Now that, they got Listen, it's, it's one thing to say I'm independent. It's another thing to start pointing fingers. And especially to the king, to the country, the most powerful country in the world at that time, by the way. Here are just a few samples of the verbs used in the accusation against the king. Forbidden, cut off. Deprived, obstructed, taken away, abdicated, constrained, restricted, abolished, suspended, kept, plundered, imposed, and refused. All written in this same declaration about reason that we feel like we need to be independent. And because of the eloquence and the power of this declaration of independence, we celebrate this today because of what was written here. We celebrate 246 years later the promise of God. We celebrate it today, the purpose of God. There seem, see, I think many Americans have forgotten that we're, a, we're no longer a, a nation of God. Yes, we are. No, we got a lot going on. We're 50-50 down the middle politically. We're 50-50 down the middle politically. So we got a lot going on. We have racial issues that have risen up. And we, we're dealing with those as well. You know, thank God that we're dealing with them. Thank God that we're dealing with them. Because you know what? <clears throat> when we don't deal with ourselves first, look at your own self first. When you can't deal with yourself first, you can't deal with anything else. We have all these things going on. We have financial situations that rise up. One minute, everything looks great. The next minute, we're going for the fall. Nobody's sure of anything anymore. Why is that? Because we've forgotten our purpose, the purpose that America is here, that God brought us to this land. We're descendants of, the, of people that were brought to this land for purpose. Many of us came in different ways. The African-American community, by and large, came as slaves and were treated badly as such. The Irish, y'all know I favor the Irish. Look at me. The Irish came from Ireland, and when they came into New York in the cold dead of winter, they were put aside, not given jobs, not given homes, not given money. They were left out, men, women, and children, to just die, of, to either starve to death or die in the frozen. You know, they were tr mistreated. How many, can we name them over and over, were mistreated when they came to this country? But that wasn't the purpose of this country. The purpose of this country was to take mistreatment out of the lives of the people of God and bring in a unity, bring in a togetherness.
we had a civil war. One side against another, north against south. Did it destroy our nation? No. The civil war brought us back together. And, bring, and from that point on, we have slowly been bringing ourselves back together till we come to a point where we forget our purpose. We forget our purpose. But understand this, the eloquence of but a few people and what they wrote down some almost 250 years later still holds and rings true. There seems to be an adjoining position between the document, the Declaration of Independence, and the reading that we read this morning in Matthew. Y'all was wondering how I was going to do this, weren't you? The reading in Matthew chapter 10. There seems to be this adjoining connection. In the Declaration of Independence, we read the words that caused the colonists to reject the rule of the king and desire of a people to support the document with a strong reliance on the protection of divine providence. You see, these people that sketched this declaration down had a strong desire for divine providence. They wanted that to be the foremost. See, many of us in schools, have you been to a university lately? I haven't. I just read online. I'm glad, you know. Not only are they not teaching the same history, the early people that wrote history were wrong. We're going to rewrite it to the way it was. Listen. You understand you can rewrite history every week if you want to because there are different factions and divisions that have different aspects and views of that same thing. And so what we have to understand is we don't need to rewrite history. We need to learn from it. Learn from it. And the places we did great, let's keep going. The places where they said God is sovereign, God, it's the will of God that we're doing this, let's keep going. But in those places where we did wrong, where we enslaved people and mistreated people, let's learn from that, let's move forward, let's be a better people. God wants a, God wants a church, God wants this country to be a church, a, a people that have the betterment for others, not the detriment of others. That's what God wants. That's the purpose of this nation. To show the world it can happen. What, what country has the dynamic that we have of the number of different relationships, the number of different races, the number of different idealisms, politicals, you name it. What nation in the world has this? God's wanting to show His power and ability through the declaration of independence. We're not dependent on you or you or you. We're independent from all of you because we're dependent on Him. That Declaration of Independence was a pledge of mutual respect and fortunes and honor that we would have for one another. To welcome all, to welcome all, to welcome all who would desire the life of freedom from tyranny and the independence from the rule of tyranny. So in Matthew 10, these words are words of wisdom on receiving or welcoming. When it says receive it there, Jesus is talking about welcoming. Now, there's a difference between just receiving something and welcoming. I've, I've received things in my life that I, weren't, I, wouldn't, I didn't welcome that, but I got it anyway. Yeah, I've received things in my life. I've received gifts that I loved, and I received gifts that, well, <laughs> thank you. I didn't, well, you know, went and got that slip, went and turned it back in and got my cash. There are things all through our life that we receive, and then there are things that we welcome. 
And that's what Jesus is talking. It's talking about welcoming, the desire to want what's being given, to, to not just receive it. Welcome it entails a whole new thing. So Jesus used this word receive or welcome six times to allude to the fact of what should be the welcoming. This passage is a is part of a large discourse. When you read around the passage, it's a large discourse of Jesus on what it means to be one of his disciples. And so what we just read is part of what it means to be his disciple. In previous verses, he talks about the trials and difficulties that the disciples are going to endure because they were simply spreading the gospel. In the verses we read earlier, Jesus makes a shift to talk more about how the disciples should be received and should receive or welcomed by other disciples of Jesus Christ. There was a point in time where there was the disciples who said, hey, you see those guys over there? What's happening over Jesus said, listen, they're, they're not against us. Therefore, leave them alone. Sometimes we don't want to welcome those that aren't like us, that aren't doing what we're doing, that don't... don't but we've got to learn to welcome. That, mean, that doesn't mean just receive them and say, okay, y'all can do it, but we've got our eye on you. You ever, you ever had that happen to you? Yes, I'll let you do that here in my life, but I've got my good eye on you. I'm watching you to receive those. If they're, doing, if they're preaching the same gospel, they don't have to be me. If they're preaching, not because I, I, I am the right one, but because it's the gospel. It's the gospel. Remember that Jesus, the disciples of Jesus, are much like you and I today. They're much like us. He paints this picture of the Christian community, and he says these little ones, these little ones. If you look in there, he that receiveth the prophet in the name of a prophet gets a prophet's reward. Well, let's go back to the prophet's reward. Mm. Have y'all studied much about the prophets in the Old Testament? Okay. He that receiveth a righteous man in the name, he that welcomes and shall receive this righteous man's reward. And he that just takes a cold drink of water and gives it to one of these little ones is not going to lose their reward. He paints this picture. But what does he mean? First, again, we're much like they were. There's not a lot of difference. Listen, there was a time in our life we were forbidden. I'm going to use some of the verbiage that they used in the Declaration of Independence now about us. There was a time once that we were forbidden to walk in righteousness, but now we walk in Jesus. There was a time when we were cut off from the presence of God, but now we live in the royalty of God. There was, there was a time when we once deprived of blessing, that now we live in blessing. There was once a time that we were obstructed from the paths of the righteousness for His namesake, but now we walk wholeheartedly in those paths. There was once taken away by the enemy of their soul. They once were lost, but now I'm found. Uh, once their lives were plundered by a devil that came to kill, steal, and destroy, but Jesus brought a, abundant life. And now we're talking about the little ones, those that are much like us today. And now we all, all receive. We're all welcomed into one's heart. We have, a, we have a declaration of independence from Jesus that says we no longer serve the flesh. Aren't you glad we have a declaration that came from Jesus that you no longer have to serve the flesh. You no longer have to serve the world. You no longer have to serve the devil. If you weren't serving Jesus, you were serving the devil. Don't try to get anywhere in between because there is none. 
There ain't, there ain't no between Jesus and the devil when it comes to service. You're either serving him. Well, I kind of backslid. Well, you're serving the devil. Well, you know, I serve him Monday through Wednesday, but on Friday, you're serving the devil. Well, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't follow the teachings of Jesus all the time. Well, you're serving the devil. Well, I, you know, I just have things I need to do. Well, you're serving the devil. Well, you're not the devil, but you're serving him. I'm not calling you the devil. Understand, you're either serving him or you're serving the devil. Now, I'm not saying y'all got this upside down star and you're burning all kinds of candles in your closet and doing I'm not talking about that kind of serving. That's just an act that people do and you know it makes them feel religious on the devil's side of it because we feel religious on Jesus' side of it sometimes. I'm talking about how we live and how what how how are we welcomed? Aren't you glad you're welcomed in the house of God? But not just God's people. When you walked in here today, Jesus was here and he welcomed you into the house. Before you got here, he welcomed you into his presence. He, you didn't have to get here to have his presence. Matter of fact, you actually, when I came here this morning, I brought his presence in. God's everywhere, but you understand there's a difference between God being omnipresent and God being in God's presence. There's a difference. There, there are people outside that are living for the devil, serving the devil. They're not in the presence of God. God is omnipresent, but they're not in His presence. Who's our president? Well, we've got our Republicans in here, don't we? Because nobody knows his name. <laughs> He's my president. He's my president. He ain't my president. Who started that? If he's voted in, he's the president. Whether you like him or not, he's the president. There's a lot of people walking around. He ain't my God. You know what? God's God. I don't care if you like him or not. God's God. I don't care if you serve him or not. God is the Almighty. It doesn't matter what you, you know, the best thing you can hop on is the train. The train to God. All right, I'm gonna, this is Independence Day. I need to. As one of God's little ones, you are now made whole by God's mercy and His power. We should learn something from John Adams' letter to his wife, Abigail. Some things don't happen the way we expect them to. He, in his letter, wrote, had an expectation of what he thought should happen in celebration of this great declaration. John Adams was probably the most influential person in guiding the Continental Congress to vote for independence. It took a lot of fortitude take a lot of guts because you're now branded in writing you're now branded in writing i'm sure there were others outside of the continental congress that was yes 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 but i'm not signing here yes 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 but those representatives said you know what i'm signing here what's the biggest signature on the when you sign your name you sign your thank you some people were really proud I am for independence, Hancock. They, he didn't care who saw it. And then there were some of those who were like, yeah, I'm for independence. And you have to really, okay, you're for it. You know, you're, okay, but you, but you did sign. And some of us live for God that way. I don't care who sees this because my God is an independent God and He's going to let me serve Him and depend on Him and have my independence. Or, yeah, I, yeah, I believe that. I believe that, but hopefully nobody will see this at the bottom of the page. But, but when it all said and done and we win, then I'm going to say, hey, my name was on there. 
Woo! I promised there wasn't going to be any fireworks. It took a lot of fortitude and wisdom to do what those people did, regardless of how they signed it, to bring about our independence. But, but John Adams couldn't predict the fireworks and parades. He said there ought to be this and there ought to be that, but he, could, he couldn't predict the barbecues and the football games. See, they didn't have the NFL then, so he, they didn't have the NBA then, so they, couldn't, they didn't have the World Cup soccer and all that business. So he couldn't predict all that that came about. The bonfires and the shows, but that's okay. You know, listen, sometimes we miss it, don't we? Sometimes, sometimes we, he didn't get it all right. It wasn't the second, it was the fourth. And he didn't know how it was all going to be celebrated, but he said it ought to be. Sometimes we don't understand the moment. You know, he didn't understand the full gravity of the moment. Do you think those folks understood the full gravity of the moment that they were in? All they understood was that they wanted their independence What we do understand is that the church should be this welcoming, loving, understanding place that Jesus talked about in Matthew 10 because the church is a church that's independent of anything else save Jesus Christ. The church of Jesus Christ is not dependent on anything save Jesus Christ. That's the only dependence we have. And when we become dependent on anything else outside of Jesus Christ, then we lost our declaration. They had to find their declaration of independence. And whosoever gives to one of these little ones a simple cold, man, you will receive that. You won't lose your reward. You will receive reward. I hope we all realize the freedoms we enjoy and the price that was paid. That's one of the things they're destroying and revamping our history is they want to destroy the price that was paid for our independence. The men and women that gave their lives in the cold of winter with barely enough food and ammunition. Militia units. They weren't trained army people. They were militia. You know what militia is? It's the farmer that had his pitchfork, and they said, let's go fight for freedom. And so he brought his pitchfork and grabbed his gun. He hadn't been training in military action. The price that was paid for the freedoms that we have. The people that laid down their lives through the decades and through the centuries that we've, you know, wow, what has God done with America in such a short time? In such a short time. You understood it took centuries and thousands of years for some nations to become all-powerful. England wasn't all-powerful at one time. It took centuries. Rome wasn't all powerful at one time. It took centuries. It took centuries of building them. But look, in just a couple of centuries, what God has done here to make it. Why would he allow this happen? Because we're a nation of purpose. Our independence wasn't just so we could be free, but it was so people could know the truth, and the truth would then set them free. That's what independence is about today. Stay with me if you would. Most, like most of you, I have family. Uh, it, I have I have family that was in World War II. They've they've passed on now. Uh, 
But most of us have family that shed blood on the battlefield in some place or another. And some of us can trace back our heritage and go back to the Civil War where there was blood. We trace our, even go back, especially when you go to the New England area, you'll find people that can trace their lineage all the way back to those 13 colonies where their forefathers shed the blood, gave their life for our independence and freedom. Those were all important things, and I, I don't demean or diminish July the 4th, Independence Day. But listen, I can trace a lineage all the way back 2,000 years ago. I can trace a lineage where there was a one that he gave his life. He gave his life for my independence. I wouldn't be here today had he not suffered and died. I wouldn't be here today if he wasn't willing, willing to hang on a cross I wouldn't be here today if he didn't allow people to scourge him, beat him, put a crown of thorns on his head, whip him mercilessly to a point of death. Most people in that day never made it to the actual crucifixion. They were so severely beaten by the Romans that they would die on the way to the crucifixion because the Romans used tools that barely would allow you to live whips that would tear the meat off your bones and expose your insides. But he did that so I could live an independent life today, only dependent on him. I'm, I'm thankful to God for America today. I understand we've got a big battle in front of us. I understand that there are many that are looking at America different than they used to. But that's because an outside force has tried to divide us our enemies say that they'll never fire a shot in America. They'll take over America with never pulling a trigger. They'll just let us destroy ourselves from within. And they'll walk in and take us over. It's going to be that easy. And friends, that's what will happen if we don't come back together. If we don't welcome one another. If we're not like what Jesus just said in Matthew 10. That we welcome one another, whether it be as a prophet, as a righteous person, or a little one that we welcome each other. It doesn't matter the color of our skin. It doesn't. You know, I can remember having political conversations with people in the 70s and we didn't fight, fuss and cuss and, and call one another haters and say, you're not like me, so you're bad. And I can remember those days where we could disagree agreeably. But you try that today and not only are you castigated by those around you, but you try to have a different opinion than some people, and they want to kill you. They want to take away your right to your opinion. They want to take you out of the scene. Well, we'll just take you off the airways so that you no longer have the opinion because you don't agree with us. What happened? What happened? That's not what God called us to be as a nation. And what the devil wants to do in the church is the same thing. He's seen how well it's worked in America that he wants to do the same thing in the church. Divide us. Make us decisive to disagree disagreeably. It's okay if you disagree with me. That doesn't bother me a bit. If we can do it agreeably, love it. I don't like somebody getting in my face and shouting and carrying on. That's a different, a whole different story. Don't, don't misunderstand. Uh, this is a different subject. You need to re really study this. When Jesus talked about turning the other cheek, you, you really need to read what that's about in its context because it's not what you think. It's not what you think. We can't stand for what we believe because we're Christians and we have to be 
<laughs> okay, well, you have your way and I'll just leave. I won't talk about that anymore. Listen, you have as much a right and authority to stand for the righteousness of God as those people do that stand for unrighteousness. You have as much say and as much right. You just have to do it agreeably. But our nation, see, those that want to divide and conquer us as a nation have come inside the nation to divide and conquer. They don't care what our laws say. They don't care what our declaration says. They want to change it. And the devil comes into the church with the same idea. He doesn't care what God's law says. He's, he wants to change it. But I'm here to tell you today that as a people, as a people of God and the people of this great nation, that we have to take a stand and say, devil, first of all, this thing that we're going through in America is not a physical thing. It's a spiritual thing. So, devil, we're coming to you first. Understand that when you have things that go on in your life that show themselves physically, those are just symptoms of a spiritual issue. They're symptoms of a spiritual You go to the doctor. I've got a fever. I'm coughing. All the doctor says, oh, you've got the flu. And so what does the doctor do? He gives you a Kleenex and says, God love you. Go home. Wipe your nose. You're healed. No, the doctor says, listen, the reason all this is going on is because there's a virus inside. And so what we'll do is we'll attack the virus. And what will happen is you'll quit. <coughs> and having that, All the symptoms will go away. You want the symptoms of our problems in America to go away? Let's get the virus out. The virus isn't people. The virus is our enemy, the devil. That's the virus. People aren't your enemies. That's not, those are symptoms. Those are symptoms. People that rebel against the Word of God, those are symptoms. Those that rebel against God's authority, symptoms of a much deeper spiritual, because you know what? When you get the why right, the what goes away. It's our responsibility as the church to realize God granted us a nation so that His name could be exalted, not just in America, but in the world in the world. And it all starts with what Jesus said. What are the, what's the greatest commandment, Jesus? Let's trap him now. We got him. <laughs> what's the greatest commandment? Well, it's like this, Jesus said. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And he didn't put on the brakes. Love your neighbor as yourself. Who's my neighbor? Man, they just kept on and kept on. That's just the way the devil is. He'll just keep on and keep. He doesn't give up. He'll keep on. Who, who's your neighbor? Well, okay, let me tell you about a neighbor. And when he told them the story about the neighbor, boy, they really didn't like that because it went outside the boundaries of their lives. I'm going to ask you a question today. Do you have any neighbors that are outside the boundaries of your life? I'm not talking about geographical location here. I'm not talking about your subdivision or whether you live in a cul-de-sac or you live in a neighborhood. Do you have neighbors that go outside the boundary of your life? Because Jesus said that, that's when it counts. That's what America's for, is to show this world that we can live and love together and be neighbors outside the boundaries of who we are. Outside the boundaries of who we are. I'm not trying to embarrass anybody. Jason, come up here for a second. I'm going to use, yeah, I can use Jason because I'm faster than he is. I've got two bad knees, but I can still outrun him, I think. Take a good, a close look. I don't have a beard. Sorry. 
Take a good close look. I'm a little thinner. So, sorry. Oh, and by the way, he's a little darker than I am. I'm trying to get there. So see, see, I'm trying to get there. Look. You understand what I'm saying today? This is my neighbor right here. I love this man. I love this man with all my heart. He's been such a friend. When he walked in that back door the first time, I said, I know that man from somewhere, and I didn't. But God said, yes, you do. He's going to be your friend, and you're going to be his friend. And this is what we have to do. I'm not bound by my color in this man's life. He doesn't look at me and talk to me like some white guy out of East Texas that, you know, needs a little bit of education. He didn't look at me like that. You know what? He looks at me like, that's my brother. And when I look at Jason, I don't, I don't, I don't know, I don't, Jason grew up in San Antonio, but I don't look at Jason like, like a lot of people do. Now, just, let's get real here. Oh, there's a man from the hood. C- come on, let's get, let's just be a little bit real here. Yeah, see, his color's not from my color, and he, so he's not from my part of the world, and so, no, uh-uh. Man, it doesn't matter where either one of us are from. It's where we're going. Amen. And I want to say today, this has got, we've got to welcome each other. Amen. We've got to welcome each other. doesn't matter. Does Jason believe politically like I do? Some. Do I believe politically like some? Do we, do, you know what? He cooks better than I do. That's a tough one for me to stomach, but he does. But not, listen, none of those things gets in between this. Amen. My friend, my friend, my neighbor. And so I think today we, we need to take a step back. We need to take a step back and say, you know what? We live in a God-ordained country. That this is what this is about, and we've got to go back to it. We are all created equal and endowed. That's biblical. That's biblical. But it's, it's in our independence. Happy Independence Day. My brother. Church, some of y'all think we're getting a little sloppy here. I can tell. I appreciate this, man. I've got friends in here, all of you, but listen, I just wanted to, we got to come back to where God set us up in the beginning. We got, you know, the mistakes we've made, we need to right those mistakes, get past that, and be, be better at who we should be with one another. Amen. And we should welcome one another. I'm not a prophet, Jason, and I'm not righteous, but I am a little one. (laughs) So just a cold cup of water. This man has brought me a cold cup of water when I needed it. Pray with me if you would. Lord Jesus, God, I thank you for establishing what you've done in our lives. First in Scripture, God, that you... You called us to be loving of one another, to be neighbors, to love one another as you love us. And so, God, we stand today in this altar together. I stand here with Jason, Lord, just as an example of what it means. I, I thank you for a brother that loves me just because I, I'm here, not, not because of what I've been, what I am, where I'm going, any of those things, God. He just loves me because, and I, I thank you for that. And, God, I, I just thank you for this nation. God, I pray that, 
We were established on those, those words of our Creator and our God. And so I pray this nation, we go back to that, Lord, that when we get back to those words, when we get back to those places, we realize at that point, God, that, that we're created with a purpose, and that is to show Jesus Christ to this world. So on this Independence Day, Lord, I, uh, I'm not opening these altars to anyone. It's not going to be an altar call as we always do, Lord. But I'm just praying today, God, that you will touch every person in this house's life. Touch our lives, God. Help us to become independent, not dependent on the things of this world, what this world says we have to do and can't do and can do, but to be dependent on you because you, you give us freedom, liberty. So thank you for Independence Day, not just in this country, Lord, but in our spirits and in our souls. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Church, God is challenging us. He's really challenging us to go past where we're at. As, as a local body, to go past where we're at and to bring a new place into the church of God. See, He already has the place. You've heard it earlier. He's already prepared that. He already has that place. He's just waiting for us to open the door, walk on in, and come to that place. We've talked about it for over a year now. Unity. Unity has no color. It has no boundary. It has no political aspiration. It simply is togetherness. Loving the Lord and loving one another. So I say God bless you today. I hope you have a great time with your families. God's not against you barbecuing today. Otherwise, Jason would be up here crying. (laughs) God's not against you loving on your family and having a great time with your family. He wants you to have fun and enjoy it. But remember this, thanks to Him, we have our independence. God bless you. All right, so Zach's giving me that. We have, Friday, we have Wednesday Bible study, 7 o'clock. Please come. Uh, we're having a great time. We're going to change it up here in a little bit and do something a little different on Wednesday nights. You need to be here to experience it. We'll see you next week. Let me hear a loud amen. We'll see you next week. All right. God bless you. Have a great day. Can I, can I get your attention? Can, Bishop, do you mind if we pray for you? <laughs> We need to pray for Bishop. We need his beautiful wife to come up to. Okay, we'll wait on you. They've been battling in some physical aspects, and so we're going to ask God to touch them physically, touch their bodies. Not only that, but in that, touch them in their spirits. So let's pray together. For more information about Tabernacle of Praise, look us up online at tabernaclepraise.org. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with our Facebook page. We also have a free app that you can use to keep up with events or be notified of bad weather, and you can listen to our sermons directly from the app. Thank you for listening, and have a blessed day.